0: In the middle of April, I started a fast again. Um, My first one was like 40 days, and God really had to make me do it, because I didn't want to. But this one, in the middle of April, was kind of me saying, I don't know, I just felt like I was starting to... go back into the same mentality before my first fast, you know. And so I was wanting to re-engage God. Break all the chains, you know, and just have it be me and God alone. Again. And I was also wanting kind of direction. <coughs> mm-hmm. And um, because I still felt unsatisfied kind of from um, you know just where everything was left with the first fast so I um, was planning on starting it the day after a Sunday so on Monday and uh, Matt and Lauren came over for our little group on Sunday and while we were praying, we both, like everyone there, felt like we needed to pray and to breakthrough for Holy Cross, um, which is the church we go to. And so we, uh, me and Matt decided to, hey, we're going to fast for that too. And so, um, yeah, the fast ended up being about breakthrough for Holy Cross, direction for me and, um, just general intimacy, and, uh, so, I felt like it was supposed to be 49 days because of the whole year of jubilee cycle, um, and so that's what I did, but it was kind of weird because it was an uneventful fast at first for, like, the first seven days, you know, I was just fasting and trying to set my heart on God and all that. And, um, then I get really strongly impressed by, like, books and straight-up general impressions. And uh, my wife had been feeling this a long time that I was supposed to stop working at Appalachia Tobacco, And so, um, uh, I went on a walk and prayed about it, and on that walk, God really confirmed on my heart, you know, because it kind of came up in a very blunt fashion when we were reading a devotional, The Circle Maker, and it was basically addressing exactly where my heart was on quitting Appalachian tobacco and showing that I just needed to quit. And um, so, yeah, I went on a walk after that, and the thing that came to me was, yes, I needed to quit, and that I was just not quitting because I was scared of God being, you know, of, of you know, I was just scared of the step, I guess. And I was like, you know, how can God be proven faithful? if you don't give Him opportunity? <laughs> if you take care of everything in your life, how can God take care of anything in your life, and how can you say He's faithful? And so... um And I was sitting there praying because, like, it was a really bad time for me to quit because Janelle just quit, you know. And Dad was, like, completely overwhelmed in the office, completely overwhelmed everywhere. And he's saying I should quit. And uh, I mean, kind of what I got was I was supposed to quit in January with my first fast. But I rebelled against that because I was like, I'll, I'll quit when you tell me what I'm going to do. And he said, "I'm not going to tell you I'm, what you're going to do until you quit, basically in this fast." And so um, I decided that uh, I better quit. But um, you know, I was like, "It's a bad time." And he was like, "Well, my favor for you being an Appalachia tobacco is lifted." And, um, so your presence there is a curse until you leave kind of like Jonah, you know? And I was like, um, I was like, I mean, I, it kind of resonated with my spirit because I'd felt a lot of strange things happening since I came back, like a disproportionate amount of drain field installs were having problems. Like, you have never had problems like that. And then all of a sudden, there's, like, five drain fields I have to go to and expand span of as many months, you know, that are failing. And it's like, whoa. I mean, you know, you usually have, like, one a year. Um, and then there's just, like, weird places where the water just isn't absorbing into the dirt. And the dirt looks perfect and fine, but it's just not absorbing, you know. I mean, it's just weird. And so I was... Um, Really, I mean that was kind of a, a, a stra- strange impression, and so I was like, "Well, I guess I'll just quit," you know. And um, so that next morning, Dad calls me on the phone, and I'm sitting there, and he's just like complaining about everything that's going wrong. And, like I was, I was like having a really hard time telling him. And I was like, "Uh uh uh-huh, everything's going wrong. Oh, great, this is great. Well, I just got to say it, though. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, I got to go, and he hangs up the phone. And so um, I end up going to the job and working on all this stuff. I had to backfill this one job. And um, I tell Andrew, and Andrew kind of resonated with Andrew because he'd been praying for me, too. And, um, then I finally get a hold of dad. Well, dad calls me again, and I just tell him, and he's, like, quiet on the phone, you know, because, I mean, he's, like, kind of in shock and was like, well, I I gotta go. We'll talk about it later. (laughs) And I was, um... I mean, it was it was really scary. I was really emotional about it. Like, I mean, I mean, I was like on the verge of like tears about it because I, I mean, you know, I've tobacco's been my entire career. Um, but I was, still wasn't sure when I was supposed to quit. I was like, am I supposed to quit at the beginning of May? Because I felt kind of linked to John John Nicholson's stuff. Um or am I supposed to quit immediately. And Kristen got a bunch of dreams about like immediately and I felt like immediately and so I was like, Okay, well that next day I'm like, well, um, two week notice I guess. And so uh I uh told him I was quitting on a Tuesday. Two weeks later I left. Um It was really Really weird Unloading all the stuff out of my truck That last day Like just Knowing that I suddenly Don't belong There At You know It's just weird It's kind of like a breakup or something Um and then as I drove home, I, like, changed my voicemail as, like, the final little piece cutting, you know, cutting ties. Um, and um, my uh, second sermon was actually the Sunday before I quit. So two days after my second sermon, I quit that was when my last day was. And um, part of what he was putting me through right then was just building dependence. Because even my second sermon, I had like 6,700 words written about this second sermon. Man, it was, I was going to narrow it down, get it all fine tuned and pretty and fun. And, and then he says, I got to do it without a script and that I'm not supposed to practice too much and that it's really just about becoming dependent on him and so I was like okay I'll do that <laughs> and it was hard but um, and I mean I wasn't even that satisfied with it but um, you know because I had so much more I wanted to hit that I just forgot about because I'm up there in front of all these people and I just was uh dancing from point to point without really developing them that well <laughs> but i mean what i was praying for with my second sermon was god would be glorified in it and i really believed that he was i mean i didn't feel like i was <laughs> but um he definitely was because his presence came so strong i was like in tears And I, uh... I mean, I just went and sat down, and it was... It was... It was intense. After I finished, you know... Matt always says I do a drop mic thing where I don't really transition after my service. Um, but... You know... I was just really overpowered right there. So then I, um... So yeah, that was my second sermon, and then I quit. And then um, the next week was just really, really, really hard for me. Because, I mean, by Friday I felt like I was just a slob, you know. Um, I quit on Tuesday, and by Friday I'm like wanting to do anything. I start like taking apart the toilet and fixing the flans just to feel useful. But all it ends up doing is making me feel like... Upset because I don't have all my tools that I had at Appalachi Backhoe. And, like, I was, like, a lot of my identity was just in my ability to do stuff. But a lot of that was tied to the tools I had for Appalachee Backhoe. And then I'm, like, I need to get all my tools back, like, build up all my tools from Appalachee Backhoe. And then I'm, like, well, I don't have any money, and so I can't do that. And then I was, you know, really scared. I mean two days after I told my dad I would quit I was on a walk and um, man my walks right after I told him he would quit were epic like I had to walk Abigail to get her to go to sleep at night you know well give her a little nap at night and um so I'd walk her and I mean they were like crystal clear nights and so I got to see the stars really well and I really entered into, like, just the beauty of the stars, you know. I, I wonder about constellations, and it's just so peaceful, and it makes you feel so small, you know. It's important to feel small, I think. Most of the time we think that we're all hot sauce. But it's like, you look up at the stars, and there's so much Bigger than us, they're so much. They're so far away, you know. Like literally, they could be, like the stars could be exploded and gone right now, like, and we're just getting the lights from the lights. So old, like you know. I mean, like the only way we can know that the stars are there is the light, right? But the light's so old that the stars could be gone. You know? And we're just now getting the light from them, like, you know, however many years ago. (laughs) I mean, God made all this stuff. I mean, He might not even have made the stars. He might have just made the light and the picture of the stars, you know? Made it long enough to last for as long as we're here. I mean, He probably did make the stars. He, he, You know, because it's not really that big of a deal for Him. But I'm just saying it's also big and it's also um like it's also beyond us and um it's like god sets the stars up there it's like a witness to our times and seasons and it's just a cool under it's a cool little backstory thing i guess so i was you know watching and really enjoying the stars and those two weeks um, but I felt like I wasn't supposed to have um, any distractions like in my first fast I'd sit there and listen to sermons and music and I got really ministered to in that way but in my second fast it was like he was saying don't use any of that stuff to enter in And so I didn't, I, I didn't use any of it. Like I, I mean, you know, I, I try every once in a while because I mean, it's hard to develop new habits. I probably should have told you this before all this job stuff, but like the first seven days of my fast were literally about developing dependency on God. It's like even to enter into him because you get a habit kind of of entering into him you know it's like all right it's time to enter into God and so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go and find a quiet time when all the kids are gone or you know asleep or whatever having a nap or just going to bed or not woken up yet and I'm going to I guess I'm going to put on my headphones and turn on some Christian music and close my eyes and just think about God for a while. And when you, I feel his presence, I'm going to, um, read my Bible and, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray. I mean, you know, it's like you get kind of like this system of having God go and it's just because that's how he went the first couple times, you know, and, um, the thing is that God wants to enter in like wants us to enter into him and to seek him and to interact with him like he's a real person, you know? He He never does anything the same way, you know? He's always different, always changing because he's real and he doesn't want us to go into autopilot mode and treat him like he's some sort of little crank up jack in the box you know all right you turn the handle three times and pop goes the jesus i mean it doesn't work that way you know that's not what he wants and so um that's really what he was about in the first seven days was hey look get rid of all that stuff you're depending on to enter in and just enter in i want to interact with you So just seek me, you know, and get rid of all the stuff that you use to seek me. (laughs) And so, yeah, that was, that was hard because like I went from listening to music and like, you know, sermons and stuff to just being listening to him. But the point of that is that like, you end up thinking that you can't listen to God. If that makes sense. You think that you need to have a book about listening to God to listen to God. Or you need to listen to an inspired preacher about lit hearing God. or And it's like God wants to show you and interact with you himself. And so it was really powerful. And I mean, I still don't get it. But that was the first part of what he showed me in the fast. Those first seven days. Then the second part was obviously the job stuff. Which, um, right after I told my dad I would quit which is probably what I was going to before I said this um, I was walking and I was thinking about all the stuff I could do like alright I could get into flipping houses I could go and uh, talk to one of my contractor buddies and work for them I could mow um, lawns I could do something you know I could leverage my house and buy a pump truck and start my own septic company. I mean, maybe that's what God wants. Is what I was saying. It's like God was like, "Look, don't you understand?" I. He was like, "You can live your whole life depending on yourself, and never depend on me, or you can depend on me." And I was like, I want to depend on you. Because I don't have a clue. <laughs> and... Um, so yeah, I had to put all those thoughts out. Which is... Hard. I mean, you know, you have three kids. It's like, you know... God helps those that helps themselves. All that nonsense. And... He's like, I want to do it. The point of you quitting is so I can do it. So I'm like, fine. All right, let's 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 do that way. And so um, when I quit my job, I wanted to, like, do a job search, go and talk to someone, go and work for someone. You know, it's like, can I work part-time? And, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. All right, well, I'm going to go work on this toilet flange. And all that does is, like, wreck me and make me feel like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and so uh, that was that Friday after I quit. I was working on just fixing the toilet, and it just completely depressed me. I didn't realize how much of my worth was in my ability to produce, was in being an employee of Appalachee Backhoe uh, and it's like God wants me to have worth in him you know and that's really the point of what he was saying but I didn't even know and um So yeah, that was the next few weeks as I was working, as I was praying and working through that, and uh, then Kristen and me start feeling like we're supposed to go camping, and I was like camping, like really, and uh, Kristen's like tent camping, and I'm like, I don't know, would you like tent camping? And she's like, yes, I feel like we're supposed to go tent camping, and so I'm like, well. I feel like we're supposed to get away from all these distractions and just get out under the stars in a quiet place without all the trees and uh, without all the cars driving around and stuff. And so, um... We start working towards that, looking for a place to go, to figure out the best time that we can go, which is, like, Easter weekend through um, Thursday after Easter, you know. And... Uh, we end up going to Cheaha State Park. But um, before, I'd been trying to go to IHOP on my days that I could get away, you know, because I'm like, look, honey, I don't want. Uh, I am so out of order. All right, so. Before all this stuff, I've been trying to um go and, uh, you know, spend intentional time with God. I'm like, look, I'm not just going to sit here and take care of the kids like it's a nonstop weekend. We got to intentionally seek God or we're not doing anything. You know, we got to have days where we intentionally seek God the whole day. Like it's a job, you know. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go and start doing that. So uh, Thursday I did that. No, uh, Wednesday I did that. Thursday, I did that, but like I felt resistance, like God was not in it, and so I was praying into it. And um, I was praying, you know, God, show me what you want to do, and show, you know, help me, 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 me. And then he's like, Well, what about Kristen? And so I was like, Well, what about Kristen? And he's like, it Kind of blew my paradigm because all of a sudden I was like, Wait part of my leaving Appalachia back was so Kristen can get activated into what God wants her to do you know and I was like huh well um, I guess Kristen needs to have her days too and so that next Friday that next day because that was Thursday that I got that revelation um, I'm like well Kristen it's your day and she wakes up that day with like this dream And it was, like, this really cool little story, you know? And it's like, huh. That's weird that she woke up with a dream. Like, like, like she woke up, her hair's all messed, and she just, like, doesn't even say hi to me. She just like, pen, you know? And it's like, um, oh, uh, it, here you go. And she, like, writes down, like, she just goes into, like, this manic writing thing. Um, and, uh writes out like two pages of stuff and i read it and it's actually really 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 good i was like huh this is amazing like the description was just very um adroit (laughs) Uh without being overpowering (laughs) like in my first sermon which was overdone um and so uh i was like huh okay well maybe that's part of what god's calling her to do and so uh, she leaves and goes to Lake Ella and uh, gets a really cool quiet time with the Lord and ends up ministering to a, um, a drunk guy who said he wasn't homeless. But uh, he was definitely a drunk. He was sitting there drinking beer at like 9 o'clock in the morning. And when Kristen turned around, he, had, he put his... Um, he put this ball cap he was wearing on top of the beer so she wouldn't see it. And so, yeah, she prays for him. And hits um, that old thing where, yep, yep, I know Jesus loves me. Yep, yep, mm mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. Mm-hmm. And you can't really tell them anything because they know, they know, they know, but they don't know. They don't live it. And it's a frustrating thing. It's like, God, how do you get past that? But um, that's kind of besides the point. She prays for this bum, and then she goes and comes home and takes the kids to the park. And while she's at the park, there are these two ladies she bumps into, and they randomly start talking to her about Charlotte Mason, which um, she's actually been interested in. Charlotte Mason and raising our kids and stuff, and she was part of a like, like she was part of a Charlotte Mason school plant thing. That didn't work out very good. Um, but she's still interested in it. And so these two random people start talking to her about it. And it kind of like... So these three things happened on that one day she was out there. And it's like... I really felt strongly impressed that that was... Those three things are kind of like... What God's trying to use her for. You know... Writing. Evangelism. And... Um, teaching or starting something, you know, or working at teaching. Um like those are kind of her giftings. So, um yeah, those uh, but like after that she started feeling like we she was supposed to like it was really affirming to her to 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 know that she's not just a support person that God actually wants to move and use her use her, you know. So it was really a cool thing. Um but it kind of shifts your paradigm you know when you're like okay so i'm the one that god's going to do stuff through and she'll be the support person taking care of the kids to god being like no i'm using both of you and so uh we ended up having to shift what we were planning on doing which is having me go out every day and see god very deliberately for extended periods to having her and me alternate days um which, you know, doesn't happen every single, every other day, but we're trying to, um, you know, alternate days of seeking and taking care of the kids. Um, so, um, yeah, as she was on her days, she she felt impressed to go camping. I felt kind of impressed to go do something like that, just to get away from the distraction and the noise and the busyness of everyday life. And so we, you know, planned to go to Cheaha State Park in Alabama, which is uh, a park on the highest point of Alabama. And um, that day, that, like, we were going to go on Saturday, and so we had to go to a Walmart on Friday to get all our stuff. The Walmart I thought we should go to is the one over by Bass Pro Shops. Uh, Because, you know, they have to um, compete with Bass Pro Shops. So I thought, okay, if any of the Walmarts have good camping supplies, it should be this one. Um, So we get all the kids in the car and um, start driving there. And Kristen just you know looks at her phone because that's what you do while you're getting while you're driving somewhere i mean you know nothing else to do i'm i'm driving she's looking at her phone and uh, she looks at the the email and it, there's an email from ihop there with like their schedule and stuff and it's like hey look there's a friday night burn tonight at seven and i was like looking at, i looked at the clock and it's like really we'll get there right at 7 if we go now and so we both felt impressed that we were supposed to go to IHOP and we drive up and get the kids out of their car seats and are literally walking in right at 7 o'clock <laughs> I and mean, we're never there on time if we're actually intending to go somewhere but we went and um, it's weird because I've been trying to go to IHOP in my quiet time days because I'm, it's a you know I, I just felt like I, I, I wanted to go there, but every single time I try and go, it it'd get shut down. I couldn't go. I can't you know. Um, just like their hours wouldn't work or the day I was there wasn't work. I mean it was weird. Um, I mean I was able to go one day. It was like a Thursday. one day at 12 o'clock I was able to go. Um, and, um, I, like, that, that, that was the Thursday before that Friday that, that we ended up going to Friday Night Burn, And, um, on that Thursday, I got, like, some weird word about, <laughs> um, it was from Ecclesiastes, of all places, Ecclesiastes, like, 5-1 or something, 5-6, and it was about, um, Going into his temple and just running your mouth and talking too much, you know? And how it's a foolish thing. It's a sacrifice of fools. And I was like, I hop the sacrifice of fools? That doesn't sound right. That's weird. And, uh, but the first word I got was from Exodus. And uh or Deuteronomy or something and it was about um, Moses being the one that the people wanted to uh, have talk to God instead of developing their own relationship and so it was like okay so God wants to work on me himself and he doesn't want me to use the crutch of other people that already have a relationship with him you know and so um, I ended up going just for that intercession set on you know they do an intercession set at 12 on that Thursday and then that next Friday God tells us to go um to a uh, Friday night burn basically and we go and it was really good um it was just kind of refreshing and uh, we talked to Evan and Sarah and they offered to let us use their mattress topper um you know so it's more comfortable um, in the tents than it'd be on the ground And so you know we go and get that that next Saturday, and we get everything, and we buy everything that next Saturday, and get everything loaded up on Sunday, and and go. And I mean, it was a really nice experience. I I was just really in a bad mood for much of it because it was a lot of work, and I was just kind of grumpy about work. Like whenever I got in work mode, I'd feel like. Apalachee Bacco coming back to hunt, kind of. And, um, I mean, even painting the steward's door, which I did shortly before we went camping, like, my in-law's door, like, I felt that same sort of depressed feeling, like, entering into work mode because me and... Like even walking around to wash my paintbrushes and seeing the flags I'd flagged for their old drain field, you know, it was like I don't know. It was like okay, start playing sorry song about your girlfriend leaving you. <laughs> I mean, it was weird, but I mean, hey, as I was as I was as I was um, painting the door, their door, Dana calls me randomly, like this old prophet, prophetic guy that. I used to work with calls me randomly and says, I don't know why the Spirit told me to call you. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I mean, I quit my job. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he, like, went and talked to me about all this stuff and kind of affirmed everything God had been leading me to about, like, resting and waiting because um, I kind of thought, well, okay, I'm going to quit my job, and then God will tell me what to do, right? And he didn't. All he gave me was wait and rest And so, um, I wasn't sure exactly what that was all about. But, um, Dana calling randomly out of nowhere and affirming me really helped. Uh, Anyway, um, so yeah, I was in work mode from putting all the tent stuff up, and I was real grumpy and, like, growling at the kids and stuff. Um, and, um, I go and, uh, we just start... You know, we go and have have we go to sleep that first night, and everything was really nice, actually, because like after everything got put up, I'd been kind of having a hard time with the kids, because well, actually, I'd just been having a hard time with the kids because of all my Appalachi Echo stuff. I feel like I kind of gotten passive and just grouchy about you know it's like why are they just doing what I want you know and so I was like yelling at him a lot and um but that first night after we got the tents up me and Elijah and Seth just sit on the picnic table and watch the sun go down um and uh we get in the get in the tent and just it's kind of like a little sleepover and we sit there looking at the stars and just talking and It was a lot of fun, but, you know, and then the next day, um, we go and go climbing on rocks, and that was a lot of fun, and go and climb out onto Bald Rock, which is like this rock that overlooks, um, all these different Alabama counties, and, uh, that was just a lot of fun, and then, uh, we get back, and Kristen's hot. Wants to go to Walmart and get a fan. So we go to Walmart and spend a bunch of money. And I start getting attacked about, oh, we don't have this money. Like, what the heck? Like, we don't have money for this. And um, I look at all the Alabama people and how much they're struggling just to make it. And I'm like, appalachia tobacco has been the reason why I haven't been living like that, you know. And then I just kind of get attacked and, like, um, upset Kristen gets attacked and upset. Um, You know, just with, whoa, we're buying all this stuff. Like, and we don't have a job. (laughs) But we go and, I mean, we're just like sitting in the the AC in the car because it's so hot. And it's just like, it feels like, I don't know. It just felt kind of depressing. Maybe it was just the spirit of the place. But We uh, drive back to our campsite and um, I kind of pray through it all and just say, God, you're doing this. It's not about moving up my position in worldly stuff. It's about growing dependence on you. And so, you know, I push through that little roadblock. But then... um, we go to sleep, and the next night, at night. And actually, that night was when that one guy la- came. There was this one guy that came, um, and, him and his two daughters. And I felt strongly impressed that I was supposed to go talk to him. And so I was like, okay, I'll talk to him after I make the food. Okay, after I made the food, he had gone. Down to a restaurant with his two kids, and so I didn't get to talk to him then. And they're like, "Well, I'll just talk to him in the morning." So in the morning, I make a food. He's, you know, and he's picking up his campsite and doing all this stuff, and like it ends up just not happening. But Kristen had had a dream that we went over and talked to him that night, and so she told me about it that morning. And I was like, okay, so this has to happen. And then um, it just didn't happen. It was just never the right time. And so I uh, was kind of upset about it because I was like, God, you're like, I mean, I, did I just miss it? Was that like, the, the was that my horrible thing or, uh, where, uh, you know, where the ten spies go out to spy out Canaan? You know, and I missed it, and so now I'm going to spend another 40 years in the wilderness or whatever not enter into the promise that you want and all this stuff. And uh, he kind of came to me and um, was like, yeah, so, uh, don't worry about it. You're, you're fine. You're fine. We're fine. It's not about that. It's about slowly building you up into who you need to be. And, you know, I, don't worry about that I'm like and so he kind of like changed my paradigm about that whole thing before I'd always been like really afraid of like okay I gotta be really obedient to the spirit or I gotta be really sensitive to the spirit and just go 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 you know or else I'll be like one of the children of Israel like I'll be like the children of Israel rejecting what he wants me to do and so he ends up It ends up taking longer to go where he wants me to go. And he's like, no, look, I'm building something in you. The children of Israel couldn't enter the land because they were slaves. And their reaction to entering the land was just a a sign that they were slaves, you know. And the slaves can't enter the land. That's just all it is to it. So they had to die off in order to enter the promises, you know. And... uh, so I was like, oh, okay. So those moments are not, God, I need to make sure I don't mess up. I, don't, I need to make sure I don't mess up. I, don't, I need to make sure I just jump into what you say so I, don't, so I don't miss your promises. It's not like that. It's God's building something in us. He's real, He's active, and He's working in our lives. And each of those moments is actually about Him developing us into free men. You know, and so that was a really nice revelation that took a lot of stress off of me, and it's uh, and uh, I mean, you know, just the rest of the time was just a really great time, really relaxing and restful time where me and the kids got to bond and spend time together, and it kind of took that grouchy edge off of me regarding the kids. And so that was really nice. And, uh, it also helped me not feel so, um, stressed out about, um, Appalachia Bacco and working and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, we, uh, that was our camping trip get back from our camping trip and everyone's like so what are you gonna do they thought the camping trip was like god trying to uh you know get us away and talk to us and it was like god wasn't about that at all he was just about healing us on that trip and and reconnecting us with him and each other and so um we still didn't have any answers And I was like, okay, well, I still have a bit of my fast to go. I mean, I was like halfway through, and so, you know, we'll just push through. Um, I had like a week or so, and I was like, I don't know, Matt had quit his fast. And so I was like, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll just quit my fast at 40 days. And uh, God was like, um, no, you can't quit your fast. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll keep fasting. I mean, he literally gave me a, a book, again, The Circle Maker, that, that talked about three different things that I worked that he'd shown me in that fast, like about, you know, um, you can't sit here for one hour and spend time with me, which is in Matthew, you know, you can't even pray with me for one hour. And uh, so I'd been, you know, that'd been one of the things that I'd been trying to consciously do throughout the fast. And that was in that Circle Maker book. And then the other thing was, like, just about fasting in general. And, uh, you know, obviously when you fast, you are really sensitive to all the fasting scriptures. And so, you know, he just affirmed all that stuff. And it says, just press into the fasting, you know, is what the basic message of that book was. And so I'm like, oh, crap. So I got to do the last nine days of my fast. So I fasted an additional nine days. And in that nine days, God gave me Ezra, which was really, really good. It was really good. Like, like I'd never gotten anything interesting out of Ezra. I'd had uh, Lauren tell me a long time ago, maybe a year ago, that, I should read Ezra, that there's nuggets in there. And I was like, okay. Read Ezra, I'm like, yep, it's uh, pretty boring. <laughs> and uh, then this time, I'm sitting there like, well, I'm, I'll read Ezra. I read Ezra and like, I get the template for exactly what God's doing in my life. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Um, so that happened in those last nine days. I'll probably make a different podcast about Ezra because I'm running long. And then, um... Um... He... Okay, so Ezra, I'm just trying to make sure I don't overlap too much. And then I, um... And then I went and uh prayed at holy cross because i couldn't get into ihop at all like i thought ihop would be like the perfect place because it's quiet and stuff but their hours are awful there's no time like like it's literally 10 to 4 it's like okay so they just don't want anyone to come (laughs) um because their hours just aren't very good And, uh, so, I mean, I just couldn't get in there, even though I'm off. I mean, I gotta, I, I mean, you know, 10, really? I mean, I start my quiet time stuff at, like, 8, and so I have to spend two hours waiting for 10 o'clock to come around. And then 4? Like, really? Like, that's so, I mean, it's just not really a, a convenient time. It's just really hard to get there. It's like, okay, well, anyway... So I just couldn't, you know, I just didn't end up going to IHOP at all after that Friday Night Burn thing. But I called Daniel, or I asked Daniel if I can use his office at Holy Cross. And he was all about it. He's like, yeah, go for it, buddy. And so the first day I actually used his office was the last day of my fast. It's crazy. And um, I just went and I got to pray in there and get a really strong sense of what God's wanting to do in there. Which I'll probably make another podcast about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, I mean, the end of my fast, though, like, so much stuff happened. I really was surprised. And it was all regarding Holy Cross. And I was like, was this whole fast about Holy Cross? I mean, uh, um, I don't think it was, but I was just surprised how much of it was because I hadn't really been praying into the Holy Cross breakthrough thing that was part of my fast. But like the last day of the fast, like all this breakthrough stuff happened at Holy Cross. Um, which was really, really, really... Surprising and, and cool. So, um, hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the fast basically was about building dependence, was about quitting Appalachian tobacco, and as like a trusting, it's like God saying, trust in me, and I'm like, okay, I'll trust in you. I'm gonna seek you. I'm gonna set my desire on you. I'm gonna do all that stuff, you know. And, uh, then the next part was about Kristen being activated. And the next part was about me not feeling like a producer. Um, you know, God building that, taking that out of me, you know, like, all my value being, I can put in a drain field line quick. You know, um, and shifting my value system to His. Then the next part was about destroying all that built-up stress that was actually getting in between me and my kids. And that's what the camping trip was about. Then the next part, apparently, was about Holy Cross. And... Um, yeah, so it was a really, really interesting, good time. That last nine days were all about Holy Cross, it turned out. Because that's all I got words about, and that's all that shifted. Um, so, I mean, even the Ezra word was about Holy Cross. Weird. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about the Ezra word later. All right, well, this one's gone on too long. Bye.